Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Anybody got some room for good news? Anybody come with an appetite for good news? Hear about the goodness of Jesus, Tim. This is Tim. He is our youth pastor, he and his wife, Naomi. Our youth pastor and our our outreach director. So he's got a really cool testimony from outreach. I want to let him share that with us quickly. What's up, guys? Um, yeah, outreach has been going amazing. We've been running it now for about six weeks. Uh, we've already seen salvations, healings, um, and mo- primarily my uh, main objective is to see you guys, the body of Christ, equipped to go out and see uh, the harvest one to Jesus. Um, and so uh, if you want to step out of the boat and see God do amazing things through you, uh, come and chat with me. We'd love to see you there. Um, one, one story in particular um, that has been super cool to reflect on and hear about, um, there's a lady named Diane who was in um, Jody Delgado's home group. If you guys are uh, in the room, you guys have an awesome home group going. Um, and she came um, to our first outreach. Um, Diane is not Todd White. She is not Billy Graham. She is a very reserved, pretty quiet woman. Um, And I just loved seeing her out there. And guess where they went? They went to 6th Street on the first night. And so uh, Diane pulls up with her team. Uh, They go under the I-35 bridge on 6th Street, and they begin to minister to the homeless, um, take them to Wendy's, get them a bite to eat. They're just loving on people the whole night. They get back to their car. Um, and their car, uh, it was a few minutes late, and they had already put it up on a tow truck. And so they got a ticket, they put the car down, it was $180, and then we got back to the office, and our team began to sew into her. She walked out the door with 300 bucks in her pocket. So that's a win. So it gets even crazier. So Diane, um, she just carries fire. You wouldn't know it looking at her, but this woman carries fire. And she goes to Taiwan. She's in Taipei, Taiwan. And um, her son and his wife live there with three children. And they teach English as a second language. So she goes there to help watch the kids once a year for three months. So while she's there, she has a church that she partners up with just to get fed and to pour into. And she went to reconnect with the church there, um, has a meeting with the pastor which turns into a three-hour meeting of her sharing testimonies of what God's been doing in Austin, Texas. He starts recording it and records it for the podcast of the church. And then a young adult leader comes in the room, and uh, she's the head over all the young adults. Diane begins to minister to her with prophetic words, begins to tell her testimonies, begins to lead her through Sozo, and she gets like a measure of deliverance in this meeting. What's even more crazy is then the pastor goes, okay, I want you to lead our outreach now at the church. (laughs) She gets in, she's in Taiwan. She's simply sharing testimonies of the goodness of God and what she's seen him doing. And the pastor then invites her to begin ministering with young adults and leading their outreach teams on the street. This is a woman with a thick Texas accent in Taiwan. (laughs) They speak Chinese and they had to get her a, a translator to go out on the streets and and to begin to do that. So the amazing thing is, if you want to see your life touch the world, I guarantee you Diane didn't think she was going to be leading outreach in Taiwan. 
So first of all, the first step, you need to come on outreach with us. The second thing, I just want you to stand up if you want to see your life be a ripple effect through generations and all through the nations. If you want to just put your hands up real fast and just say, Jesus, send me. <laughs> we just thank you, Lord. Put your hand on your neighbor. We just thank you, Lord, that our simple yes can lead to nations coming to Jesus. We just thank you that our simple, simple yes, Lord, can lead to nations being impacted by you. So we release fresh fire right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for the yes of every single person in this room. God, would you use them to bring a tipping point in what you're doing in this hour, Lord? We love you. Amen. So cool. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff right there. Come on, that is acceleration of momentum right there. That is... <laughs> uh, she went on outreach one time. <laughs> if you've been around at all, we've just been talking about this, this acceleration that, that uh, God has us in. <clears throat> and uh, I, didn't, I didn't intend to repeat it um, uh, today, but last week I, I shared how I was praying. I was just having time with God. And I was just asking him about this sense of acceleration, which this is such a crazy example. She went on outreach one time. And now she's leading outreach in Taiwan. Like, how does that even happen? Like, <clears throat> but that's just the season, this momentum that we're in. And, and uh, the other day I was praying and I was just asking God, like, about this acceleration and, and, and why, why this, what feels sometimes to us like we're just holding on and why this incredible acceleration. And, and God said, I'm, I'm simply trying to, I, what, did he say, what did he say? I should probably remember that if I'm going to tell this story. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'm simply trying to get you where I need you to be. And what I knew, what, when he said that, what I knew he meant is I'm just getting you to the starting line. What you feel like is radical acceleration, it's just me getting you to the starting gate. Because I really have some plans, I really have some things that I want to do. I have some, I have some breakthrough in mind that, that, that God has saved, and so, yeah, I'm hurrying you up just to get you to the starting gate. Not everybody got that, but that's okay. It'll sink in. God is increasing things, and there's more to come. I did, <laughs> before we get too serious, we were laughing on the front row, Tim, when you were sharing, because it sounded like you said she went there to, to watch the kids once a year. It sounded like she went there to, to wash the kids once a year. <laughs> we could take an offering to send her to wash the kids tw at least twice a year, but anyway. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. All right, anybody ready for increase? Well, thank you, Jesus. You know, even if you're visiting the house tonight, I believe that you're in a, a jet stream of God and that you can receive increase right here, right now. God is doing incredible things in our midst. Thank you, Jesus. And I, I'm actually, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit and power tonight. Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit and power. Why? Because they're important to Jesus. They're, because they're, they're 
critical and crucial to where we're going, and not just where we're going as Bethel Austin, where we're going as the bride, where we're going as the extension of God, as the body of Christ, where we're, where we're going as his representation, and where we're going as being agents of change and transformation. Because the, the prayer, the prayer that he d- teaches his disciples to pray is let it be on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. But for that to happen, we need to understand, we need to understand and embrace first the role of Holy Spirit and the, the nature of God expressed in his power. Thank you, Jesus. Just put your hands out. This is so big, I feel like we need to pray at the beginning, not just at the end. (laughs) So, Father, I thank you for what you're stirring. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're imparting, God. And I thank you for releasing surprises in the atmosphere tonight in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for sneaking up on people, God, and jumping on people who least expected it, God. They would come in unsure and they would leave world changers tonight, God, because you're that good. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We just say, Holy Spirit, come and keep on coming. Come and keep on coming. God, there's always more. Don't stop. The train of your robe filled the temple and kept on filling. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. When you fill a cup that's full, when you continue to fill a cup that's full, it overflows, which is God's heart and intent for each and every one of us. Wow. Well, in John 7, 38, Jesus stands up on that, that last day, the great day of the feast, and he cries out, all those who are thirsty, let them come to me and drink. And out of your innermost being, you will have rivers of living water flowing. Thank you, Jesus. He didn't say, come and have a sip. (laughs) He didn't say, come and get refreshed. He didn't even say, come and get filled up. He said, come and overflow. He said, come and drink until you are overflowing, because it's in the overflow that not just you are changed, but the world around you starts to get changed. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) How many people know that the Holy Spirit is God's change agent? (laughs) Some people. The Holy Spirit is God's change agent. The Holy Spirit is the part of the Godhead that is alive and active on the earth right now. How many people know that Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. How many people know he's equal part of the Godhead? That he's equal to the Father, and the Son. I love Holy Spirit. He's my best friend. <laughs> I like him so much. He does incredible things. Last night, I got to minister at a, um, 
a ministry here on the outskirts of town, and it wasn't a large gathering. You know, it was 30 people, a really special group just going after God, and, and I got to minister, and I, and I got to teach on just my friendship with the Holy Spirit and loving Holy Spirit, and God came, and people were laid out on the floor, and people having encounters, and, and oh, it was beautiful. The overflow of God. But there was one young lady there who, who obviously was not comfortable. And everybody like was you know, hungry and they're pressing in. But there was one young lady there who you could tell she wasn't comfortable. And I didn't know why. And, and you know, sometimes God will, will really say press into that and sometimes he won't. He, sometimes it's just time to let it be and let the goodness just saturate over time. And I was just doing what God was doing. But I could tell she wasn't comfortable. But at the very end of the night, people are laid out. People are in encounters. And I, I'd stayed for quite a while. And, but I was ready at this point. had my bag packed. had my, my vest on. I was ready to walk out the door. And God says, before you go, you need to go pray for her. Uh, Holy Spirit did. And I said, oh, okay. So I go over there. And I said, how are you doing? She said, okay. I said, what would take it from okay to great? She said, I don't know. I said, okay. I said, well, let me, it's okay if I pray for you for a moment. She said, okay, I guess so if you want to. I mean, she was like really into this, you know, you could tell. And, and so I start praying, but Holy Spirit, the train of his robe just kept coming and the, the prophetic opened up and I just started to prophesy in her life and just really specific things and she starts to weep like tears hitting my hands and she's just crying and, and God just loves on her and you can feel stuff breaking off and it was beautiful and, and then, you know, we say our goodbyes and all that, and I'm headed towards the door, and somebody else stops me, and they go, hey, can, just real quick, can I talk? And so we're talking for a minute, and she comes over and stands there and waits for us to finish. And then she says, excuse me, can I t talk to you for a second? I said, sure, what's going on? She said, you could tell I was uncomfortable in the meeting. I said, yeah, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> she, said, um, she said, I was so uncomfortable because um, I've been... I've been, I've been mistreated by, by ministers in the past who moved in the gifts of the Spirit. And she said, I, I was so apprehensive, and, and I, I've been so hurt, and I didn't, I, I didn't know if I could do this anymore. And, and she said, I was judging you the whole time. And she said, I told God in the meeting, I'm done, God. I, I, this is, I don't want to have anything to do with church, with God, with any of this. I'm done. I give it all up. She said, unless, God, before he leaves, you have him come and pray over me. <laughs> and tell me things about my life that he would never know otherwise. If that happens, I will know that you're real and that you're good. Come on, thank you, Jesus. You know, thank you, Jesus. That God is good. And the Holy Spirit is the part of the Godhead who is active on the earth, empowering the saints right now to represent Jesus on the earth. 
You know, God, uh, the Holy Spirit, as we said, that he's equal part of the Godhead. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they are one. And he's equal part, but if that's true, how comfortable are we in our relationship with Holy Spirit? How comfortable are we in our pursuit of Holy Spirit? Let me ask you this. How comfortable are we worshiping Holy Spirit? <laughs> because I'll tell you, you know, we, we in general terms as, as the church, we're really comfortable worshiping the Father. Father God, you're so good. We worship you. You're amazing. And we're really good at worshiping Jesus. Jesus, we love you. You're amazing. Your blood, you saved me. You're the king of kings. We love you. But it comes to worshiping Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden we get uncomfortable. As though we're doing something wrong. Like, oh, worship Holy Spirit. Oh, is this okay? Like, uh, I don't, are we supposed to be doing this? I don't know. Listen, they are one. The Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit are one. And if they're one, you can't give glory to one without it also glorifying the others. You can't give honor to one and somehow have it subtract from the others. They are one. In fact, the Father sent Jesus, and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. That They are one. And to give honor. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Listen, when we give honor to Holy Spirit, it honors the Father, and it honors the Son. And not only is Holy Spirit equal part of the Godhead, which means we have permission to pursue Him and love Him and worship Him and honor Him, but He is the part of the Godhead who's on the earth right now. <laughs> Listen, by God's design... That God, Father God, He created, He created, He spoke and the worlds were formed. He created the universe, He created the earth, He created mankind. And He had this beautiful creation. He looked at it and said, Behold, it is good. But we all know the story, and sin came into the picture, and we were separated from God. But by God, God's design, He wasn't satisfied with that separation, so He sent His Son Jesus into the world who lived a perfect life, sinless life, took our sin on himself on the cross, died on our behalf so that we could be reconciled to the Father. Amen? Amen. We're in church, right? We're okay? So, like, the Father sent Jesus. But then listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 16. I need a drink so I can overflow. In John 16, verse 7, Jesus speaking to his disciples, to the ones who just spent three years with him, watching him multiply bread, watching him walk on water, watching him raise the dead, he says to them, nevertheless, help me, Jesus. Verse 6, John 16, verse 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And the helper is the Holy Spirit. Listen, Jesus, 
<laughs> how many people in here love Jesus? <laughs> you know, how many people would, you would have loved to have been a part of that, that community that got to walk with Jesus for the three, three and a half years he's on the earth doing this stuff? I mean, to be there, watching him multiply the bread and feed the thousands. Multiply the fish, watching him raise the dead. To be there with Jesus, sleeping out with him under the stars, traveling with him, watching him do the stuff. You, oh, what could be better than that? Well, Jesus has an idea. And he says, what's going to be better than that is when I send the Holy Spirit to you. He says, I'm going to depart, but when I do, he's going to come. <laughs> Whoa, thank you, Jesus. And... And how can that, how can life with the Holy Spirit be better than following Jesus for three years? Because even in that best case scenario, they were with God, but when the Holy Spirit comes, God's going to be in you. What can be better than walking with Jesus, having him walk in you? <laughs> Whoa, thank you, Jesus. Listen, in John 15, verse 26, it says, But when the Helper comes, who I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> John 16, verse 13, however, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will, he, he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Thank you, Jesus. In John 14, verse 26, Starting 25, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, comma, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The helper, the Holy Spirit. Do you know by God's design that he wants Holy Spirit being in you to be better than what Peter, James, and John had when they were walking on the earth with Jesus? Now, I don't know about you, but I have some room for expanse. If that's God's design, then we have some room to grow. Thank you, Jesus. But the Father, the Father created the, the heavens and the earth, and then the Father passed the baton to Jesus. And Jesus, I'm not saying the Father departed, but I'm saying he initiated his plan. He passed the baton to Jesus. And Jesus came and lived on the earth a sinless life and died on the cross. And then Jesus passed the baton to the Holy Spirit. Whoa. So I want to ask you, what is your relationship with Holy Spirit like? Thank you, Father. Whoa. When... The Holy Spirit is going to lead us into all truth. That sounds pretty good to me. He's going to testify of Jesus. That sounds pretty good to me. And he's going to remind us of all the things that Jesus has said. That sounds pretty good to me. 
Thank you, Jesus. We have, we have the ability to grow our relationship and our love affair with Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Whoa, I'm starting to get dizzy up here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> God's love and God's power are the same thing. We're speaking of the Holy Spirit and power tonight because it requires those things to see heaven's version of transformation touch the earth. And if you're visiting tonight and you're like, what's he going on about? The, the, last, the last two sermons was, the first was intimacy is the standard. And then last week was God's word and revival about having a love affair with God's word. So this all builds on those things. But listen, God's love and God's power are the same thing. Thank you, Jesus. How many people know that God is love? So if God is love, when he, when he releases power, it can't be anything but love. If it's truly from God, then his power is his love. And sometimes we shy away from the power of God because we're like, oh, well, it's all about the love of God. But listen, in God's equation, his love and his power are the same. Listen, God's power is simply his love manifest with purpose. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. It, listen, God's, God's power is his love in action to bring alignment, to bring breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus, to cause. It's the, it's the active agent that causes it to be on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's the gifts of the Spirit chapter. And he talks about there's diversity of gifts. There's many gifts, but one Spirit. And he goes on to list the, the gifts of healing, the gifts of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy, and words of knowledge. And he, he lists all these gifts. And that's verse, uh, chapter 12. And then chapter 13, the, the end of chapter 12, the last verse, 31. But earnestly desire the best gift, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And then he goes into a whole chapter about love. The greatest gift is love. Amen? And he, he unpacks this whole chapter on love. And then in verse, the very next chapter, verse 1, 14, verse 1, he says, he repeats the point, pursue love. And then says, and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Pursue love. But desire, do you know that word desire there means to long with your whole being? Or literally to lust after. Not just to be curious about, not just to be interested in. Everything you have with your whole being to long after those spiritual gifts. So what's happening? God's laying out these spiritual gifts. And then he says, but it's all about love. 
Now, the mistake that we make if people have put a dividing line there, like, oh, maybe we're not actually supposed to pursue the gifts. We're just supposed to pursue love. And if he wants to bring the gifts, he will. No, what he's saying is that all of the gifts are supposed to operate under the umbrella of love. And he says, and just to clarify, the whole chapter 13 is love. And then he says, pursue love, but earnestly desire, long for with your whole being, spiritual gifts. Thank you, Jesus. God's love and God's power are the same thing. And, you know, I would, I would guess that there's many people in this room that have seen displays, quote-unquote, of God's power that didn't feel like they reflected his love. I tell you, that's not his design. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. His power is an expression of his love. When I was just graduating from the first year of school of ministry in Reading, um, they asked me to speak at the graduation, which is like the, the honor for the, the, that graduating class. It's like the highest honor. You get to speak at graduation like 15 minutes, and I'm like, that's amazing and awesome, and I was excited, and I'm praying into like, what do you want to, what should I share? And I'm praying more, and I'm praying more because I'm hearing nothing. I know God <laughs> never leaves us or forsakes us. I know he never turns off the tap, but it felt like he turned off the tap. Like literally, I, I'm hearing, no, I got nothing, no thoughts. I can't even put two scriptures together in a way that makes sense. I'm like, my mind is blank for a week. I'm like, God, I'm speaking at this graduation. Like, give me something to say. Nothing. I've learned in years since that when God's silent, it's for a reason. But I showed up so nervous that day because it's day of graduation, and I still have nothing to say. And, uh, and, and I show up. I walk into the, into the lobby of this church, and this lady walks up to me, and she grabs me. She goes, do you remember me? And I look at her, and I'm like, I don't think so. Now, I didn't recognize this lady because three weeks before, I, I, I took a team. We got a call to go pray for someone. I took a team into this lady's house that was, had stage four cancer, had been given a couple weeks left to live, was on hospice in her home with IVs and oxygen masks and the whole thing. She's like skin and bones, death warmed over in her bed. On her deathbed, literally on her deathbed, on hospice, we walk in, we pray, the power of God comes in the room. Somebody say the power of God. <laughs> I mean, the power of God, like she's crying, we're crying, like the love of God, the power of God comes down and she just has this radical love encounter. Why? Because power and love are the same thing. And she has this, she's crying, but what didn't happen is she didn't jump out of her bed and start running around. I mean, we've seen that type of thing a lot, of, a lot of times too, but there was no physical change, just this love encounter that came. That was three weeks earlier, and so we, you know, we were there for an hour and a half and just prayed and loved on her and everything you could do, and we left, we said goodbye, not knowing what was going to happen. Well, I show up at graduation three weeks later, and she jumps out and grabs me. Do you, 
you remember me? And literally, I'm like, I don't. Who are you? She was so physically different. She was alive. She'd put her weight back on. She was vibrant. She was full of life, full of energy. Like, she was this living, bubbling specimen of life. Three weeks ago, she was on her deathbed, and she's like, it's me. You came to my house, and you prayed for me. I was like, oh, my goodness. It's you. And then Jesus, and then Jesus said, this is what I want you to share. <laughs> I got up on stage and I said, three weeks ago, we got sent to this house to go pray for this lady. I told the whole story like I just told you. And I said, her doctors gave her a, a terminal report, but Dr. Jesus says otherwise. And she's here right now. And she jumps up, starts jumping up and down. That's me, Jesus, heal me. And the place goes berserk. And miracles start breaking out. And like, it was crazy. But let me ask you, that lady who's on hospice on her deathbed, when we talk about being the, his hands and feet, being the expression of Christ, carrying his love, let me ask you, does she want hot soup? Or did, or did she desire an encounter with the love of God that changes everything? Thank you, Jesus. Listen, practical service is beautiful, and we should do it. We should just carry the Holy Spirit with us when we do it. <laughs> Bring hot soup and destroy cancer cells at the same time. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Whoa, I'm starting to get happy. <laughs> The Holy Spirit is going to remind us of all that Jesus said. The central thing, the central command, the central prayer was pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know that God's, God's power, it both, it both at the same time, it empowers the right thing and it dismantles the wrong thing. Do you know what that is? That's transformation. That's causing this world to look like his world. His power comes and it fills your voice, your mouth with his word at the right moment. Well, that got quiet, you know. Listen, his power comes and he, and he empowers you and anoints you to pray for the sick, to break off addiction. To see marriages restored, to see poverty broken, to see neighborhoods transformed. He empowers the right thing, but at the same time, it comes and it dismantles the wrong things. When his power comes, witchcraft is dismantled. When his power comes, that's where addiction flees. When his power comes, those tumors that aren't in alignment with heaven have to dissolve, have to disappear. His power does both at the same time because his love and his power are the same thing. You know, his power can show up in lots of different ways. You know, Billy Graham, the greatest evangelist our church has known in recent history, that he 
was an amazing man of God, an amazing preacher, had the ability, had an anointing to move men's hearts. And he wasn't, he wasn't known as the line them up and knock them down preacher. He wasn't like, you know, miracles, signs, and wonders weren't the, the, the standout mark of his ministry. It was God, God, his ability to preach the word and for God to draw hearts. But do you know that Billy Graham understood his partnership with the Holy Spirit and the angelic? That he understood that when he prayed, that, that Holy Spirit would come and that he would come and send angels and he would draw people's hearts. So Billy Graham operated in the anointing. And he operated in partnership with Holy Spirit. It didn't look like line them up and knock them down. But his power comes in all kinds of different ways. You know, I was at a large, a large, large um, mega church that is, uh, it's got beautiful worship. They're known for worship and they, uh, they have just people get saved in mass all the time. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not as n- known for cancers disappearing and blind eyes opening and deaf ears opening and, you know, back in the, in the day, you know, people in different camps, people would just have the ability to judge others when they really don't know what they're talking about. They really don't know what motivates people. They really don't know what God has spoken to other people. But, you know, they don't have extended ministry times and they don't have all these things. And so I've heard grumblings about that and but I tell you, I was there one time, I've been, I've been a, a few times, and every time I go, people get saved in mass. Like 100, 300 people get saved. And we're not even talking a conference, we're just talking about weekend church. <laughs> and it's amazing. And, you know, their worship is polished, and it's 30 minutes long, and their services are short, and it's, but, but God shows up. <clears throat> And I was in there, and I was praying, and I said, God, this, this stream is a little bit different than ours, but are you on this? And he said that they're doing exactly what I've called them to do. And he said, you do what you do by faith, and he said, they do what they do by faith. And then I went into an open vision, and I saw them in worship, I saw their, sorry, their team uh, before they come out and worship, and I saw them praying with genuine faith, knowing that the Holy Spirit was going to move in worship, and he was going to win hearts. That there was an anointing for salvation released because they were moving in faith, and they were moving in the power of God for that very thing. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Whoa. Thank you, Father. You know, I woke up, I woke up with this thought the other, the other week, and it was that, that God, sorry, that people don't pursue the anointing of God oftentimes because they're afraid of the responsibility that comes with it. But I want to tell you that, whew, we, gotta, we have to be able to shake that off. One, because God is worth it. One, because Jesus is worth it. Has Jesus changed your life? 
Have you told Jesus, Jesus, I give you everything? Have you told Jesus, Jesus, you can have all of me? If you tell Jesus that, we can't tell Jesus, Jesus, you can have all of me. Just don't give me the anointing. Because I don't want to be responsible when stuff starts happening. And it's, you know, it's, a, real, it's a real wrestle. When, when the sick started getting healed around me and things were starting to happen, it's, it's crazy how when God gives you a breakthrough in an area, you notice how much breakthrough is needed in that area. And I'm like, I can't go... I can't go to any restaurant, to any shop, to any store. I can't go anywhere without noticing all of the sick people that are there. And when you start paying attention, there's a lot of them. And I'm like, I couldn't get anywhere on time. I couldn't get, you know, they're just like, I just stop and pray for 30 people. But then I begin to realize it's not my job to do all of God's job. It's our job all together to represent him. And that God is so good that I just have to I just have to pray for who he highlights for me to pray for. And I can let someone else go and Ben's going to run into him the next day. Listen, I don't have to do everything. I just have to do something. Oh, thank you Jesus. Well, and we're, we're afraid to accept the anointing because we're afraid of what it's going to require of us. That this is also an area that we have a really good father. I'm feeling like this is a good word. He's a really good father. He's not going to give you more than you can handle, and he is into your process. He is into your journey. He's going to be with you, and he's going to grow you, and he's going to support you, and he's going to encourage you. Wow. But he's looking for you to say yes. Thank you, Jesus. A couple weeks ago, we had Chris Vallotton here for a one-year celebration, and it was powerful. But at this one point, Chris started talking about uh, questionable ways of living. And he talked about people say, well, can I live this way, this compromised way, and still be a Christian? And he said, well, you might be able to live that way and be a Christian, but you can't live that way and be a follower of Jesus because Jesus isn't going that way. <laughs> And I thought, it was, I thought it was such a good word. But when I was preparing this message, the Holy Spirit prompted me, and he said, you can't, you can't live outside of my plans and be a follower, but at the same time, you can't say that you're a follower of Jesus if you're not doing what he is doing. That just felt good to say. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You can't be a follower of Jesus if you're doing what he isn't doing. But in the same measure, you can't be a follower of Jesus if you're not doing what he is doing. 
Well, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> well, we want, we want the power of God to move around us. We want to be in the room when it happens. We want God to move, and we want to say, God, get that person over there, and a lightning bolt comes and hits that person. And we, we want the power of God to move around us, but God wants the power to move through us. And the reason is that when God moves through us, it's an intimate encounter. Well, it goes back to our relationship with Holy Spirit. That God's not looking for business transaction Christians. Did I do enough to earn your token? Do I have enough tokens? Can I cash it in? Get that person over there. Bam! He, no, he's in you. He's abiding in you, and he's with you, and he wants to move through you. He wants it to be personal. Whoa. I think it's time to run towards what he has for us, not away from what he has for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The gospel without power is a partial gospel. In Romans 15, verse 19, this is Paul speaking here. He says, In mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and around about to Elicrium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. In mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, or the power of the Holy Spirit, that all throughout the, the territory, that from Jerusalem to the, to the outer reaches of, of the Roman Empire, I have fully preached the gospel with mighty power, signs and wonders. What does that mean? That means by Paul's estimation, if mighty power, signs and wonders don't accompany, then he's only partly preached the gospel. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit's job is to what? Testify of Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. That lady who got up off of her deathbed, her hospice bed, do you think she has more trust in Jesus or less trust in Jesus after that encounter? She now has an immovable faith in God and His goodness and His ability to show up and to break through and to transform. <laughs> Somebody with an encounter is never at the mercy of someone with an argument. You can, you can now never convince her that God isn't good. Thank you, Jesus. The gospel without power is like a marriage without love. The gospel without power is like art without inspiration. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your love. We're about to have a time of impartation. Whoa. 
Can we get number team one up? Thank you, Jesus. And I want to talk for just a moment about the fire of God. Whoa. And we're going to have an impartation. In Matthew chapter 3, it's John the Baptist. Thank you, Jesus. Baptizing in the Jordan, Jesus comes to be baptized by John. And John the Baptist, the one who is anointed by God to recognize Jesus when he comes, when he shows up on the scene. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And John makes this decree in Matthew 3, verse 11. Indeed, I indeed, excuse me, baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandal I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now listen. There's some people in the room that are all about it. Yeah, fire of God, burn me up. And there's some people in the room that are like, oh, I'm not sure. (laughs) I want to remind you, his love and his power are the same thing. Why, Why do cancer cells dissolve? Because God so loves the world. Because the power of Jesus on the cross, he reconciled things back to the way they were meant to be before sin ever entered the picture. When his love comes in, that that is out of alignment has to flee. Thank you, Jesus. And you might, in one moment, you might experience his love as a power encounter. What we would deem a power encounter. In the natural... Have you ever been in love, like really in love, in the natural? Listen, if you've really been in love, you can know the true love, the same love. In one moment, it can make you tremble. In the next moment, it can make you jump for joy. In the next moment, it can make you weep. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. God is love. If it comes from God, if it comes from the Father, it can't be anything but love. And sometimes his love is empowering. He's empowering what's righteous. He's empowering what's in alignment. He's empowering what's good. And at the same time, he's dismantling what's out of alignment. And sometimes power looks like metals dissolving and People get out of wheelchairs and deaf ears are opening. Sometimes power looks like Billy Graham partnering with his friend Holy Spirit and he knows that I've spent time with him and that when I step out in faith to declare God's word, he's going to draw the hearts of men. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Amen. I got one fan in here. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes power looks like 
a woman gets off her deathbed, sometimes power looks like the 60-year-old girl across the room who needs to know that her father still sees her, still knows her, and still loves her. God's going to come and, whoa, he's going to baptize us in fire. Because his power is his love. And he so loves the world that he wants this world to look like his world. But I want to tell you, when it comes to the fire, and God can come and he can fill you with the Holy Spirit and God can come and touch you with his love. But if the fire is going to come, the baptism of fire comes when there's a prepared sacrifice ready to be consumed. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to go into it for time. I'm not going to read it, but you know the story. Elijah with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, he called down the fire. But before he called down the fire, he had an offering prepared. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. He was so sure the fire was going to come, he had them dump pails of water over the offering. At the completion of, Solomon, of Solomon's temple, they brought the ark up from Jerusalem to consecrate the temple to pray, and Solomon prays. And at the completion of his prayer, the fire of God comes down on the altar, and the glory of God fills the place so the priest can't finish the work. But Solomon had created a place, built a temple, built an altar for God's presence to dwell. Thank you, Jesus. I believe there's an upgrade available for us. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. If you believe there's an upgrade available for his bride. If you believe there's an upgrade available for his bride, I want you to stand to your feet tonight. there's <laughs> Ooh, oh man I can feel the overflow starting to happen whoa oh man there's there's so much fire cooking inside hey I gotta let this out so I don't implode whoa help me let this out <laughs> are there any prepared sacrifices out there but before we go there I feel like <clears throat> that God wants to do business with some people that you, that maybe it was subconscious, you didn't even know, but you've, you've been hesitant to step in to pursue the, the presence, to pursue the anointing, to pursue power. One, because you didn't realize that it was 
purely his love manifests with purpose. And two, because that voice in there, accuser said, are you ready for the responsibility that's going to come when he lands on you? I'm going to tell you that voice isn't God. He never calls us experts. He calls us children. He doesn't need experts. He just needs people who will trust him and say, God, here I am. Use me. Oh, oh thank you, Jesus. If that's you, I just want you to tell God. It's between you and him, God, that's me. But I repent of that place right now in Jesus' name. And I give that place of resistance in my heart back to you. And not like an expert, but like a child. I'm ready to receive all that you have for me. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.